TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 477, and I'm Libya, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Wheatonopolis. And this is Tom. I'm professor of communication and media studies at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. All right, let's start off with the news, which I got none of. But Tom has been very kind to get it for us. Go ahead, Tom. Okay, so Amazon has... uh, has recruited Nicole Kidman to star in a drama series, Things I Know to Be True. She's just she's just heating up all these streaming services. Ted Lasso has been renewed for season three before they start shooting season two by Apple TV. Woo-hoo! Yay! Um, no Activity has been renewed for an animated season four on CBS All Access. It's a cop comedy. Uh, Disney Plus, Oscar Isaac is in negotiations to play Moon Knight. I knew Which that one. He's a perfect match for. And my um, question for Moon Knight. So is it going to be like the Mandalorian where he has a mask on the whole time? Or are we going to get to see his face? Oh, no. Not only do you get to see his face, he has multiple secret identities. Oh, nice. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Just cool. Kinda... I just want to see pretty, pretty uh, Isaacs. That's all. You're not going to cast Oscar Isaac and hide him behind I would have thought that the same thing about Pedro Pascal because he's very pretty, too. Yeah. Definitely. That is a decorative man. I do not appreciate that helmet. In in the boo category, Fox has canceled Filthy Rich and Next. Next dates, which blows because I think it's fascinating. And every time, every you know, when when Libya had an incident with her Alexa last week, (laughs) I was thinking, ooh, it could be the next computer. That's true. Uh, That was so weird. Let me just real quick. My Alexa decided to text the podcast group something I said on the phone just randomly. It was so bizarre. I know. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Uzo Aduba from from both uh, Mrs. America and Orange is the New Black is going to star in the In Treatment reboot coming up, which is cool. And they have landed Antoine Fuqua, Brian Grazer, and Chris Paul's sport doc- sports documentary, The Day Sports Stood Still. And at HBO Max, Warner Brothers Studio is going to take over all kids and family programming. Netflix is hiking prices. Boo! So the lower tier model is going to go up a buck, and the upper tier model, which includes 4K, is going to go up two bucks. Uh, Babysitter's Club Season 2 has been uh, greenlit. Peter Weber is going to direct a six-episode episode sequel series to his Colombian teen drama Pickpockets, and Aquafina and Sandra Oh are going to play sisters in a new Gloria Sanchez comedy. On Peacock, they announced they have 22 million subscribers. Ooh, they're really happy about that, considering that every single uh, uh, Xfinity Comcast subscriber probably has Peacock for free. I wouldn't be so pleased if I were them, but 
hey, whatever. Uh, Peacock has canceled Brave New World, which is like it was the miniseries, whatever. And Lark Voorhees will reprise her role as Lisa Turtle for the Saved by the Bell revival. Uh, Stephen Amell is having a really bad couple of weeks. First, he tested positive for COVID and had to quarantine at home. And then he went back to work and hurt his back doing a stunt for heels. And wait, finally, for, for, wait, what is the show he's on now? Heels. What's I don't the know. Heels. That's that's the wrestling term for bad guys. Oh, okay. Thank you, because I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, cool. I thought maybe that was like you know a, a you know trans kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Face Stephen Amell's playing a drag queen now, and it's you know fabulous. Good guys are face are called you call them face characters, and bad guys are called heels. And finally, Kenya Barris is in talks with Viacom CBS to be an equity partner in their new studio venture. They're going to have uh, some execs from BET and Showtime working on it together. If he ends up doing that, he's going to have to exit his hundred million dollar Netflix deal. Although he does still have uh, a second season of uh, Black AF, Hash, Black AF, which I'm looking forward to. Alrighty, let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Fear the Walking Dead, and this episode was a kind of a bait and switch, um, in a way that wasn't terrible. Like looking at it as a whole, I'm like, okay. So the the premise of the episode is we have Althea is she's been monitoring the the walkies and she thinks she knows where her not exactly girlfriend i'm not sure her kidnapper slash then they became lovers kind of i don't know what you call her but she only knew her for a couple of weeks but she's been trying to track her down and most of the episode was her following the clues and figuring out that she's going to be at this location at a certain time so they have to climb this tower and they have all these obstacles to get in the way and whatnot, and Dwight is basically just her cheerleader. He's like, you go, you go, I have your back, no matter what. It was very, and then apparently her and Dwight are like siblings. She's like, I can't leave you, you're like my brother. And I was like, since when? Okay, whatever. (laughs) Uh, Allison, your thoughts? Yeah, I thought that was a little sudden. It's like, you know, we're siblings since last Wednesday. Right. Um, You just have to assume, I guess, I mean, more time has been spent with them together than the audience has been watching. So you just have to kind of allow for that, I suppose. But um, yeah, overall, I don't know. I, they're, they're not two of my favorite characters, but I did really like the episode. I thought that it was, it was interesting. It had a great sense of claustrophobia as they were going through the, uh, the, the skyscraper, um, the, the, the office building. And uh, I, the, the whole idea that, you know, there's there's other things to worry about out there besides just, you know, becoming one of the walking dead. There's also bubonic plague um, and and other things. I thought that it was a little bit too convenient that not only did they find antibiotics, but they found the exact right. Antibiotic, <laughs> you know, that you need to um, fight the bubonic plague. Yeah. Yeah. It's like and, and that's not even like something that's really super common like penicillin or tetracycline it's like you know this this one is really specific and yet they're able to find you know they found uh, a crate of it literally enough for a village um it was it's like why is that on the rooftop um so yeah that was a little on the over convenient side but 
overall, I really did like it, and I liked I liked the getting to see another side of the characters, especially Dwight. They've you know he started out as a bad guy, and they've been doing a lot to try to redeem him. And I think in this episode, it, it actually finally took for me because yeah. through through a lot of this, I've just been you know right okay. I'm still not forgiving him for everything else he did, and in this, I I started to just see him you know as his own character. So I I did I did enjoy the episode. I thought it was extremely well done. And the bait and switch portion is that we spent 90% of the episode with Althea trying to find her lost girlfriend and then at the end of the episode you hear a voice on the radio and it ends up being Dwight's wife that he's been searching for for like 3 or 4 seasons. To the point where he kind of, he totally gave up on the idea of ever finding her. And then this random set of circumstances happens. And she happens to just kind of be downstairs. So it was crazy. But it was done in such a way that it was kind of heartwarming. And I have never shipped them. When they first introduced them as a couple, I didn't really like them. And they betrayed each other, and then she was sleeping with Negan for her sister, and just, he got his face melted for her. Like, all of those things made me really think that their relationship was toxic. So I've never been on, you know, their side. But I have to say, that scene in the alley was still just like, aww. You know, because you just know how much effort he's put into finding her. And it feels, Mm -hmm. it feels earned. Like, that, that felt really earned. Okay. I agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to give that... I'm giving that thumbs up, by the way. So next up, we're going to talk about Emily in Paris, and this is episode 9 and 10. And I remember what happened on the last episode. What happened on 9? Does anybody remember? It's the one where the um, the, the, the the punk artist guys splash her with paint. Oh, there's, the, it's the uh, yeah. auction. Oh, it's the yeah. auction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The auction. Yeah, the auction was okay, but it was super contrived that she would be the model. I, like, didn't believe... Like, well, of course. She's skinny, but she's not model skinny. Like, I, yeah. I didn't yeah, quite yeah, she believe... Yeah, pretty much is. She's not model tall, though. She's she's model skinny, but she's not model tall. Uh, but you could tell that was going to happen. I mean, I, from the very beginning, I thought, oh, guess who's going to be modeling this? They, they telegraphed so many moves in that episode. Yeah. I love... Something happened, and then her boss always blames her no matter what. It's like, come that on. That was really ridiculous. Her boss blamed her for the dress being... Like, how, no one could have figured out that that was... Like, no. Like, you know, I, I don't yeah. see how that how was her fault. How could she figure that out? Right. You know, I mean, that was totally unpredictable. That's Emily. Yes. Uh, so she gets fired, but what's great is they're like, well, in France and in Paris, even if you get fired, it takes forever for the paperwork. She can just hang out. And she was like, what? And they're like, yeah, just come back to work tomorrow. It'll be fine. So that was pretty amusing. I did like that. And, of course, that gave her time for the next episode for her actually to fix the mistake and then be back on the team and be invaluable, um, as is the point of the show, apparently. Uh, what I did not like in episode 10 was just the abrupt end. It felt like you get to the end of the episode, it just goes to black, and I was like, wait, what? What's happening? Why is it, Why are we in black? I don't... And it's the end of the season. It didn't even feel like the end of the episode. It was so strange how they ended right there. 
Well, they they had built up the whole thing with Gabriel leaving, right? To go to uh, Normandy. To go to Normandy, and then he doesn't. Which again, they telegraphed that. Yeah, I saw that coming. Yeah. <clears throat> so you knew he wasn't going in. I mean, the big thing is they set up this you know full full on romantic triangle now that she and Gabrielle have actually consummated their. Well, now it's like a quad attraction. It's like a it's a really weird shape now. But like you oh, now, she doesn't have a. She's kind of. Face it, they kind of. I don't mean to slut shame her, but she's slept with a lot of guys this season. Yeah, but she's going away for the weekend with whoever the guy is. She's going away for the weekend with. So, because she thought Matthew. that the, Matthew, right? Because she really thought Matthew. that he was going. The the chef guy was going to Normandy. She thought that was over. So she's not really excited about going away for the weekend. But she's like, I don't have anything else to do. Like I get that. And now she's got to go... You mean, I don't have anyone else to do. <laughs> <laughs> like the old 70s song, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. <laughs> wow. Okay. She's good at that. Yeah. I, like she's I just said, I just didn't understand the abrupt end. I don't, I don't get it. It's like they don't understand how cliffhangers work. Because that wasn't really well, a cliffhanger. That was just more of a head scratcher. The, the real cliffhanger is... Are they gonna get a season two? And if so, when can it shoot? Because Europe's locking down again. That is true, especially France. Uh, but that's a problem for next year. Uh, any other thoughts about Emily? Emily. No. I mean the the show works a lot based on her charm as an on Lily Collins' charm as an actor. I wish they didn't make the character such a Mary Sue. Yes, every, everything, everything just works out. so conveniently for her. Right. Everything she works. All, she, you know, she gets in trouble, and she always gets out of trouble. Yeah. She fails up consistently. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. All right. It was charming the first couple of times, and then it started to get repetitive. That's true. Too. Well, it's a, it becomes a trope. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about uh, This Is Us. And I saw from your text that both of both of you guys were not fans of the, the this oh. two parter. Uh, you I, could say that. I would say that I think the, I'm done. Uh, the flashback stuff. I don't understand that. Like it was literally for for two episodes, it was all stuff we've seen before. Like it was no new material up until you get to like the last thirty seconds. Is it something new that we didn't know? And even that felt like you've got to be kidding me. Like it was not even a good surprise. It was a plot twist, but it wasn't a good plot twist. It was just it like was a bad plot twist, especially for forty years ago. Yeah, yeah. You probably could not revive. We did not have the protocols to revive somebody who OD'd in a manner like that forty years ago. Yeah, even, it was, even everything about is... it was spectacularly bad. Yeah. It was just, oh my god! I, I mean, I, I, I think I, I posted, you know, when we were texting about it, my emoji reaction through the episode, and and you know, my, my mind was blown, but not in a good way. No, it was. Uh, it was I was, not. I was literally looking at the screen, and as they were doing, as they were doing it, as they were, you know, when they, especially when he said. You know, well, I don't want anything in my life to change, and I don't want any surprises. And we cut back to forty years ago, um, <laughs> and and they're they're trying to give her CPR, and they've just declared her dead. And I'm I'm watching this, and I'm going, don't go there, don't go, don't you dare, 
don't you, oh my God, you know, and, and, you know, as soon as she opened her eyes, I felt like throwing something heavy at the screen. I yeah. was just so pissed off. And yeah, I am very on the edge of not watching this anymore. It's, it's do I delete? Do I not delete? It, you know, I am so close. I want to see what they do a little. I'm a little curious, but I have to say that was definitely the weakest part of the story. And it went through two episodes. Like, Ugh. come on. This did not need to be two episodes. It did not. No. Stretched no. out. I would have rather had the, you know, the Canadian rerun new to the U.S. hour of transplant that got bumped because of this. <laughs> By the way, the episode's really good because I watched it because I didn't realize it got bumped. It's a good episode, so <laughs> thumbs up for that. Uh, mm-hmm. And then let's talk about the current day stuff. Me and Tom were in a bit uh, of disagreement on this. I enjoyed it more, but I will have to say the contrivance of the brothers' fight, like what they said to each other in the finale of last, because I, I had not watched the finale, so I watched the finale and the two episodes. So what they Sorry. said to each other in the finale was pretty unforgivable on both of their sides. Like, I yep. was like, I, why? Why would you go there? Like, both mm-hmm. of them said just horrible things to each other. And now you have two episodes where they're super awkward and trying to figure it. Well, Kevin is trying to figure out how to make it better. It seems Randall's just over it. Randall's like, nah. I'm good. I got my family at home. I don't need to worry about these crazy people anymore. He still cares about his mom, but it seems like he's given up on his siblings as people that he's concerned about anymore. See, I I just... Oh, there's so much wrong about this. Okay, first off, I, 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 after our text thread, I went back, and let's have a review of the past 40 years in race relations. We have the events of the late 80s that caused Spike Lee to to make do the right thing. It's not like they live in a state near New York. Oh, no, they live in Pittsburgh, is it? A state away. That never came up in the dinner conversation. No. Oh, Rodney King. OJ. Never came up. No, no, no. There is no freaking way that that never came up. In fact, they lie because when he decides to go to Howard, when he decides not to go to Howard, and the parents talk about what a good, inf- you know, how good that would be for him, they cheated. They violated their own continuity by saying we never talked about this stuff. Well, before. I mean, there's a difference. I'm not saying that they never talked about race relations before because they have. They cho- they showed the dad doing those extra push-ups at the karate class. They specifically tried to get him to interact with other black kids. That's all true. But also the parents trying to make his life better and dealing with race is different from his siblings. His he his point was him and his siblings have never really talked about it. And there are moments, I'm sure, that were smaller other than Rodney King where he felt like he couldn't talk to them. Because, I mean, the big ones you're mentioning, the big ones you're mentioning are nationwide stuff, but you get these cases happen every couple of months. You know what I'm saying? It's not like the big things. And when those little things happen, he has not talked to anybody. He's kept it to himself. That was kind of his point. That uh, the, the thing is, that's Randall's personality to keep everything inside. Not right. just things having to do with race. However, you know, the, the, the one thing that's been always 
played up in this series is how close the siblings are and how they they do talk to each other and rely on each other and i just i mean the conversations that he that that randall is having not just with kevin which i would even i would even go so far as to accept that because kevin was a dick when he was a kid yes so yes. there's there's you know what? i could understand that yeah and 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 they, kevin was a, like kevin now yeah kevin but, when they were but, in high school very much was like this is not my brother like he very yeah. much distanced himself from Randall, absolutely. So I could understand that. However, treating Kate that way and and trying to suggest that that Randall and Kate never had discussions, I I just don't believe. I, I'm I'm listening to this but also, conversation. But also, but also, Kate was very age... self centered around the time when they were in high school. She was all about what was going on with her. She was very yeah, much into herself. But, but she's not, not as self-centered point. as Kevin. She's not. No, I mean, but... and, and she she always considered Randall to be the person who you know she could she could rely on and she could you know converse with. And I just don't see this conversation happening for the very first time when they're forty years old. I I just I, I kept looking at the screen and going, "This is the first time you're talking about this." I had it's no pro- I had no problem believing that. I had zero problem believing that. Because I, I, mainly it, because it, of of also some of the stuff that she was like texting him and all of that that happened to me like when the all this went down this summer every every friend I had was like texting me the same stuff and pictures and all that stuff and I had a different reaction to it like I was happy that they were sending some of that stuff to me but I didn't want to have another conversation about it and the, everybody deals with it differently and I and I don't actually. In my own family, sometimes we talk about this stuff and sometimes we don't. So I, I don't know what their fa- inner family dynamics are. I'm not going to judge it on that. I believe him. But well, fa- we do. I mean, they're part of a TV show. <laughs> so we <laughs> don't know what their inner <laughs> dynamics are. And, and and the thing is, they've always been a very close and supportive family. I mean, they've had their ups and downs. But the, the idea that they, they just reject each other, I mean, it's the same thing as the, the fight that they had at the end of last season. It just seems contrived to me, just for the sake of having something to have drama about. Yeah. You know? It's just and that and and that's not even getting into the whole thing with with Kevin and his new fiance. I know it's like she's the one. I was like, you mean she's the one hold, carrying your babies? She's the perfect one that happens to be carrying your she's babies. The one I knocked up. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's all they really have in common. But whatever. Oh. He has to have a perfect love story, even if he has to manufacture it. The the thing is, it demeans Kate. And Kate, all of them have their issues, but we have been led to believe, and face it, they have not done a good job with the Kate Randall relationship. No. The- they, I mean, they, well, we don't know how close, that's my point is, I don't know how close they are. We usually don't see, we see Kate and Kevin all the time, but well, we don't see. They're, they're codependent. <laughs> right, they're very codependent, but I mean, we, I, we actually see more stuff with Kevin and Randall being close. I would say Kevin and Randall were closer than, than Randall and Kate. So I totally disagree with that. But let's move on. Let's move on. We've spent enough time discussing a show that you guys said that you don't like anymore. So <laughs> let's go to the next one. Let's talk about Blackish, uh, which apparently was weirdly out of order. Like, this episode feels like it should have come before the episode last week because it's dealing with the, the girlfriend. Like, it's just now getting serious. And they're just talking about the pandemic just happened. And they're trying to figure out how to deal with it. It's so strange. <laughs> 
this should have been episode this should have been the season premiere. Yeah, it was very strange. Specials. And if they're gonna do every episode about COVID, I'm gonna stop watching. Cause you can figure out how to make the show you can put COVID in the backdrop, but not make it the focus of every episode. But to do two in a row, that's overkill. And I'm already kinda like, ugh. Says on. Mr. Guy who's trying to make me watch socially distanced, no. Because social distance, that's what the show's about. Which is why I'm not watching it. All right. Uh, any other any other thoughts about Blackish? Because I mean, nothing. To be fair, nothing specifically happened that was super interesting. Well, it would have been nice for those grandparents to show up. <laughs> why? Because because they, they would have brought some comic relief to that. Uh, that, that it, oh, it, I, it, I will say Jack now does look taller because we we actually got to see him standing up next to his sister. And I told you. I know, but he was sitting down all last week. This week, he's actually standing up, and his voice has changed. He's got a little tiny, tiny mustache. <laughs> it's so cute. Such a cute little mustache. Um, but, uh, yeah, that with Junior and all of that stuff with his mom, like, all of that stuff is fine. Like, nothing spectacular really happened in the episode. And when last season ended, Junior was still working at the company with Drake. Yeah, exactly. How is he not working? I mean, that was... That is, just, so now he's just like a housewife now. He's just taking yeah, care of everything at home. But to be it. fair, he was a PA when he was working with Dre at first. Like, he was getting everybody's coffee, and there's no need for that right no, now. But he, was, he got, but he was working his way up the food chain because he yeah. got a little... Yeah, he got a couple of cases. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. All right, let's move on. Obviously, they don't know either. Let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Good Lord Bird. And this episode was significantly better than last week's, which was horrible. So that's not hard. Um, But they had a nice surprise entrance with uh, Harriet Tubman. And I really like it. It's like they can do the black women, but they can't do the black men. I don't know what's going on. But they did a good job with Harriet Tubman. I really liked her. Uh, and I liked how she called Onion on whether Onion was a boy or a girl. It was like, what are you? Like, what's going on? And Onion was like, uh, and he was looking around behind him. And she's like, you know what? Slavery's weird. You don't need to explain it to me. Um, but yeah, that you was... You do you. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty good. But I, I liked also Onion's, like, when he just went off on John Brown and was like, look, am I your slave or not? He was like, no, I've set you free. She's she's like, I don't feel free. He was like, you know, I do what you say. I go where you tell me to go. I do, you know, all of this stuff. But you've never once asked me if I wanted to be free. Like, that speech was great. Like, that was a really good... And I like his, his, like, realization of what he had been doing. And he said, well, I've actually been treating you like one of my kids. And he's like, this is how I would be treating my children. But, you know, if you need to be free and you need for me to let you go, I can let you go. But then he was all sad. It was, it was good. I liked all of that. Allison, your thoughts? Yeah. I, I, I loved that scene. And it was, it, was, it was a scene that was a long time coming and yeah. needed to be said. Yeah. And I was, I was so happy when they got to it. because, And I could understand, too, why they needed to, to work up to it. Because Onion has just been kind of along for the ride at this point. You know, always afraid that... He's going to say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing. I mean, he's he's willing to dress in a dress if he figures that will, you know, keep the, the crazy white people happy. Um, <laughs> but at this point, he's he's got enough sense of self 
And I think it, it even feels uh, comfortable enough with, with John Brown that he finally says, you know, look, I'm a human being. And earlier in the episode, when he was discussing how it's just a bunch of white people talking about black people and nobody's asking the black people what they want. Right. Uh, and I, I loved all of that. It was, it was just so refreshing to finally have this conversation. And John Brown's reaction to it was, was great as well because he, he had this rev, revelation about his own behavior. Right. Instead of rejecting it and saying, no, no, that's not what I do. Um, he, he was like, he, he took that you know, internally and thought about that and he's, you know, you're right. Um, so he was, he was willing to actually let him make his own choices and even if that was, that was walking away from him. So I that thought that was, really was, good. That was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I, I thought I was, was really great. impressed. And then later, it was it was wonderful. And then later on, of course, when he actually comes back to hear Brown speak, and then here's Harriet Tubman gives the stirring speech. <laughs> it's like it's a good oh, speech. Oh. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. I don't know why my voice got so high. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was really good. Um, so yeah, really I thought worked. all of it worked. This this week's episode worked really well for me. I would definitely give it a thumbs up. Yeah, it was everything that last week's episode was not. Not, yes. And you can also see as he's making plans how the plans are going to totally fall apart. Like I can, oh. I don't know why everybody else can't see it, but I'm like, oh, this is how this is going to fail. Okay, cool. Well, they they don't have they don't have you know <laughs> the perspective of history. That's they true too. They don't know too. what goes down at Harper's Ferry. Um, we do. So, yeah, but it's interesting too. The, the, I like the, um, they have this one character who they've introduced as, you know, this, this guy, uh, this white guy. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who it just seems to be in it for the thrill and he's suspicious as hell. I know. I was like, why would you trust this dude? Not at all. I feel like this is where it's all going to go wrong. Yeah. That's exactly what I think. I think, you know, either he's just, he's just so into his own thing that he messes things up or he is actually a, a government a spy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So thumbs up for this week's episode. Well, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about supernatural and this was the first episode since they've come back. That's actually plot driven. Cause we have Chuck is back and he, uh, he starts laying waste to everyone's plans, which he was like, was obviously my plan to begin with. He's like, Who's been writing this from the beginning? It actually was sort of funny because I was like, yeah, he's got a point. Like everything that's happened in their lives has been his plan. And he's like, you guys actually thought that you'd have a plan that didn't involve me? Like, come on. So I thought that was pretty cool. Well, I like the fact that they they got finally back on track as far as the story is concerned because they've only got three more episodes and and I was I was I got to the halfway point of this one and I went are they wrapping it up now? Yeah, it did feel like the end, right? I was watching and I was like, is this the last episode? Yeah, it really felt like they were coming to a conclusion, and then when they didn't, I was like, come on. Yeah, I know. Oh, it just felt oh. like, oh, instead we're going to drag this out some more. Um, it, it felt like they, they came to an organic conclusion and then they went, oh, we need three more episodes. 
Um, the, my problem, I guess, with, with the story at this point is that they've done such a complete about face on Chuck's character. Yes. Uh, he, they introduced him as one kind of a person. And even when they introduced Amara, the, the, the balance of power was that Amara is so much more powerful than Chuck that the only way they, they were able to finally stop her was for, you know, she and Chuck to come to an understanding with Correct. each other. And otherwise she would have wiped him out. I mean, he had to bring in all kinds of other people to help him and he still lost. And so now apparently he's so much more powerful than she is that he, he can just you know, absorb wipe her. her out. Yeah, yeah, he can absorb her entirely, you know, just stop her with a snap of his fingers. And it's like, if that was always the case, why were we going through all this? Right. So it, it just, it just feels like, okay, well they're writing it this way cause it's convenient, but it, it has no relationship to what they wrote two two seasons ago. And making um, Chuck the villain, at most he was a ne- neglectful parent for the yeah. longest time. He was. It seemed like he was a good guy, but he didn't want to hold the responsibility anymore, and he just wanted kind of a vacation, which is fine. Yeah. And he was now, a deadbeat dad. Yeah, he's a deadbeat dad. Base. That's the worst thing you could say about him. And now he's like, I want to blow it all up and start all over again. Like, come on. It's just, yeah, this this new Chuck, I do not. Well, I mean, I know you're not supposed to like him, but it's like I almost don't believe him. Yeah, exactly. I think, well, you know, when they when they started going down this road last season, there were a lot of people who were saying, oh, it's not even Chuck. It's Amara who's, who's you know, making herself look like Chuck or whatever. And, and, and because it's so far away from the way his character was established. So, yeah, I... I mean, I, if you want to use him as a villain or if you want to say he went completely crazy, whatever it is you want to do, you have to do something that's at least going to lead up to it that, to make me believe that we've gotten to this point. And they haven't. They've just decided we're going to write him this way now. Yeah. And, it, it, and also they changed and, Dean midstream because now Dean is like, Jack isn't really part of the family. I was like, since when? Jack's been yeah, part of the family crazy. for years. They've said he's a Winchester four years and now dean's like well he's not like you or Cass." and i was like what what are you talking about uh yeah, so that just made dean seem like answer. a jerk i was like no you can't. ah and so i'm just kind of at this point i was like can we just do the finale like i don't know how many more episodes are supposed to be but can we just wrap this up please because no. it's like the longer they go the more of a hole they put themselves in that's what it feels like. And and it's really a shame because, I mean, I've been a fan of the show for such a long time. And it's, Lord knows, it's been an uneven ride. Uh, but it's, there, there were always the characters that you could go back to. That's right. the, that was the strength of the show. And as they've been knocking off characters and now doing flip-flops with, with how the characters are written, it just feels like, let's just get on with it. So... It's a pity, but I, I'm hoping that maybe at least they kind of stick the landing by the time we get to the very last episode of this, but I'm dubious. Don't hold your breath. I was like, don't hold your breath. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery. And this was episode three, and this was like a weird, like the first part of the episode was kind of a flashback to where we see what Michael has been doing for the last year. And it really is about the Michael that spent a year in the future has grown to become a different person 
and her trying to stuff herself back into Starfleet regulations and the person she used to be, it's like, how does that fit? Like, that's pretty much the premise of this episode. And Tom, what did you think? I thought it was a great episode, and I was, first off, I was glad that we didn't spend the whole episode do, covering what she did in the last year, because that would have bored me. Yeah. So they just, yeah. like, as, you know, a part of the first act. Um, I thought it was really interesting that we get back to Earth, and Earth kind of... Sucks! <laughs> Earth kind of sucks. <laughs> and obviously, they. I watched the after show with Will Wheaton and Jonathan Frakes and... Um, the writers. And, and and yeah, Bo, Bo Young Kim and Erica Lipple, and they're obviously touching base with where we are right now. Mm-hmm. I thought it was organic though; it did not feel like it was forced. Like yeah. some of the things we've seen on TV this week. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, yes. I loved that of all the characters that it's George, Empress Georgiou is the one who's like, "You've changed, Michael. I like it." <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing, Giorgio has always been Michael's cheerleader. But her thing is she doesn't like Michael following the rules. She likes Michael being independent and being, you know, unpredictable and kind of cutthroat like she is. She wants Michael to be more like her is basically what it is. And she rejoices when Michael shows traits that are her traits. She likes it. So, I mean, that totally makes sense. It's so interesting because you have the relationship between Prime Georgiou and Michael, and then you have this weird, twisted relationship between Mirror Georgiou and Michael. And so, yeah, it's just interesting. And Michelle Yeoh, oh my gosh, she's awesome. <laughs> she just I'm not sure how she's going to fit in the future because I can't see her taking orders from um, the Captain Saru so, for very long. I, that That's going to be a problem. Well, I think that's part of it, though. I mean, she, she's we've, they've landed in a future where there is no Federation left, or if there is, it's just fragments in places. So there really is no real law. And, I mean, Saru's only authority is what the crew decides to grant him. Right. So she's kind of, she's she's now in a world that favors a wild card so she could do anything oh absolutely i think think she's in her element here oh yeah i think she's like oh i could totally take over this place like that's exactly what she's thinking uh she's not wrong uh she just has to figure out the angle that she's gonna go for And and i think she'd love michael at her side when she did it but the odds of michael legit siding with her are a little slim um but I figure that's what my that's what George Giorgio is not going to stay with this crew very long. She's going to see she's going to stay with them long enough to get a sense of where every what the playing field is, and then she's going to venture off on herself and start taking over worlds. Or well, I mean, she's eventually supposed to end back in the previous timeline for the Section Thirty One spinoff. So, yeah, I'm not sure how she's going to manage that, but okay, sure. Um, <laughs> it's Star Trek. <laughs> Tech. <laughs> Another... Open up a wormhole, another whatever thing. They, they can oh, do what whatever. do you guys think of the Trill character, the new character that they just added? Uh, no, no, no. That was the only thing. You know, I was I was enjoying this episode so much. And then they, they went back and, and dipped into the, the, the trope that I hate the most, which is the, <laughs> the precocious teen genius. 
Um, what? And You're it, saying you know, didn't like Wesley Crusher? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, really sorry. I love you, Will Waiten, but, you know, the character I wanted to kill on a weekly basis. And now we've got another one. And it's it's just it's just something that I absolutely can't stand. And they brought her in and I just as soon as she she walked in and started checking everything out, I went, Oh, they're not gonna do they're they're not gonna make her a regular. Oh please, oh please tell me they're not oh damn. Um so yeah. The you know, at least and, and I'm still not sure how they managed to get uh, a symbiont to live inside a human being because trills are supposed to have like a special pouch that they go right. into which humans don't have so i don't know how this works but you know i feel again, like that's gonna Star be the, Trek, the, the so... big explanation because they said that's why the memories aren't entirely viable and stuff like that yeah yeah so you know whatever it is but i i just uh, i you know i i don't i don't like that type of character and i'm not like in love with the the actress who who plays it i don't think that she sells it beyond what it is um other than that i loved everything else about the episode but boy that yeah that that was that was not a high point for me what do you think is up with detmer i don't know because she seemed like she's afraid to do her job didn't follow orders because she was frozen i i don't know where they're going but obviously it's going somewhere i just don't know where it is so anyway let's move on uh, next up, we're going to talk about Blood of Zeus, which is a Netflix series. It's animated, half hour. I think there are eight episodes? Eight to ten, somewhere in there. Uh, and Tom, how many have you watched? I watched two. Okay, so let's talk about those two. What did you think? I am I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that nobody has... Instead of adapting mythology... Everybody does their own thing. And it's like, come on. what? His origin is basically like Hercules. It's very similar, yes. It's very Except similar. that he didn't get cool super strength. He, yeah, he doesn't seem to have cool superpowers yet. I'm not ruling that out in the future. But uh, very violent. Um, I'm surprised they called them... What? Again, why didn't they just make them the Titans? It's like... It, no, it's, no, but they mentioned the Titans. They say... The, they say they fought the Titans, and the Titans, when they got defeated, created the Giants. So they talk about the Titans. But and, but why why bring in the Giants? Why not just make the Titans? Titans. Well, the Giants actually were, were... Wasn't it like a war between the Giants and the Titans that eventually led to the gods of Olympia? The, wasn't that um, what triggered it? I don't remember the giants being a thing in mythology. I, I just remember, you know, you you start with Cronus and Rhea, and then you have the Titans, and then the, you know, the prophecy is that, uh, or sorry, uh, Uranus and and Gaia. The the prophecy that uh, that the son is going to overthrow the father, so the father eats right. all the children, and then and that's the why mom... Zeus has to kill his father, right? Right. Yeah. So, but I mean. It's very violent. I mean, very. I, I guess anime fans are used to that, but I'm still not quite used to you know bloodshed in cartoons. Um, it, it was serviceable. I, I, I like. I, I like the story. I felt that as you watch each one, it leads to the next one. It had a good. Each episode had a good little cliffhanger that makes you want to watch the next one. I thought I did that, and I, I like the story. But you are correct. I was like, 
Well, what what really stunned me, I was like, man, how many times has Zeus cheated on Hera? And there actually is a scene, there's actually a scene where he, like, lines up all his kids that he's had from other women. Like, it's just... Oh, there is a scene coming up with that? Yeah, because it's some of the one. well, the ones that got elevated to Mount Olympus. Uh, the, the demigods? Yeah, so the demigods, so he lines up all the demigods who are his kids, and I was like... And then he has, like, this moment where he tells her, like, I'll never cheat on you again. I was like, if I had a dollar for every time he said that, like, come on. I don't believe it. I just think that uh, he comes off as a jerk at the beginning a lot in the series. But Hera, I think, takes her jealousy to a whole different level. When you start seeing the stuff that she does to, like, retaliate, it's insane. That's really how the story gets out of control. I mean, that's probably accurate to mythology because she was not, she was a jealous uh, wife. I feel like she should not have married him because he's a player. Like, he just, (laughs) he just keeps doing it. He keeps, I was like, how many stories would there not be if he wasn't, if he kept it in his pants? Well, he didn't have pants, but you know what I mean. Kept it in his toga. (laughs) Kept it in his toga. Yeah, there you go. Um... But they, they eventually make Zeus out to be an interesting character, and Hera's just cray-cray. Like, that's, that's it. But, I mean, I enjoy, I'm enjoying it. I think I only have one episode left where I am in the story. I almost texted you to say, this Wonder Woman cartoon you want me to watch is really violent. And she <laughs> <laughs> I can see how you would say that as well. There, there are Amazons in it. Oh, and Claudia Christian from uh, Babylon 5 does the voice of, I think, the the main soldier, the general woman. Oh, she's not Hera? No, I don't believe so. Um, Jason O'Mara is Zeus. Is he? And Yep, and the dude who played Billy Riggins on Friday Night Lights is the main guy, Heron or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Also, as another plug, watch Barbarians. Okay, that's all I have to say about that. Hopefully, we'll get to review Barbarians next week. All right, next up, we're going to talk about Queen's Gambit. And we're on episodes uh, three and four, which I don't want. No, I remember what happened in four. What happened in three? Three was the open. That was the The championship. The trip to Ohio or whatever. Yeah, it was the U.S. Open for chess. And it was her against... Well, it was her with the guy that she liked from earlier episodes. Um, and there was, she was flirting I, in a hotel Isaac, room with him. Go ahead. Oscar Isaac wannabe. Oh, yeah, I can see that. He was cute. Oh, he does. Yeah. Yeah, he was really cute. Um, so, But then I kept reminding myself, isn't she supposed to be in high school? Like, I know the actress is much older, so it's really confusing to try to keep track of how old she's supposed to be, considering they had the same actress starting to play her at, like, 14. Um, I think but... they they said she was... They Here's the confusing part. They said she was 17 years old in that episode. Yeah. Right. But remember, they she was 15 years old when she was adopted, and they sold it as her being 13. Right. So I don't know what how old she's really supposed to be. Oh, uh, good Maybe point. Difference of, a difference Either of way, she, she's, she's a teenager, and that dude is a grown man. <laughs> That's what all I'm saying. <laughs> That's a grown man. 
And I'm like, dude, why why are you trying to lure her to your hotel room? This is super creepy. Uh, they're like, let's go to my hotel room so we can play chess. And I was like, really? That's that's what you're gonna do? Okay. <laughs> Uh, so that alone did not give me good feels. I did not like that at all. Um, even though he was super cute, it was still creepy. Uh, and then the chess game, what I enjoyed about it is that it ended up going to a tie. And it was like the first time in her whole life she's lost at chess. And that was, that was an interesting moment. And though I didn't appreciate her mom like rubbing her nose in the fact that she lost, that was not cool. Uh, but yeah, I really like that episode. Any thoughts about this one or the next one? No, I I enjoyed the episode. I loved um, showing how she's progressing. You know, going through you know the 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 hierarchy and getting more and more of a name. Um, I liked the the back and forth between her and the uh, the chess master Benny, um, who she she you know, comes to a, a dead halt with. Uh, I, th- I thought that that was, that was interesting. And I, I'm pretty sure considering who they haven't played by, he's going to be coming back uh, as a character later. And, and I thought that was interesting because the two of them share this history of both being child prodigies. Right. And just, so he's, he's been in the same kind of position she's been in to a big degree. And, and I think that's eventually going to lead to him being kind of a mentor figure for her. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this and I enjoyed the, the, even though there was a slightly creepy angle to it, I, I did like the, the bit with her. And um, I think the character's name is Towns, the cute oh, one. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Um, Although I, I was wondering what was going on between him and his roommate. That was yeah. awkward. Yeah, I would thought that was weird too. Yeah, I agree. Like, were they sleeping like, together? I mean, like, I wasn't I, sure. I have a feeling he swings both ways. Is, yeah, that was kind of like, I yeah, I got that the too. 60s. <laughs> the swinging 60s. Uh, I will have to say what was cool in the next episode is her playing another child prodigy. That kid was like, what, nine or ten or something? Yeah. Uh, oh, he, he said he was nine. He was thirteen. I was surprised that 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 match went on that long. That they actually had to pause it. <laughs> she had to write her move, put it in the envelope, and then resume the next day. Um, was he trying to flirt with her when he asked the question about the drive-in movies? No, I don't think so. He's just—I mean—he's that sheltered. He's—he's he's kind of the equivalent of her in the sense that you know she was just stuck inside this this orphanage and didn't have any experiences he's stuck inside the soviet union and and has none of these experiences you know of like drive-in films or you know a lot of seeing american movies and things like that they're just things he hears about so i think there's just fascination of knowing that there's this world outside that's more fun than than anything that he's experienced i think that was just something he wanted to connect with her about was is is there really this and that and the other thing and I, it goes back i think also to when she she asks him later on when she does win um you know what what is it you are planning to do since you're planning on becoming grandmaster in three years what do you want to do after that and he's like i don't even understand the question i know <laughs> uh, what do you mean after um because that's it his his life is just defined by by playing chess and he can't see beyond that, and and that's kind of sad. Well, I mean, she also realizes that's what her life has been 
as well. Yes, very. And seeing him, it's just like it becomes very clear to her. But I liked how she threw him off because he's a 13 year old boy. So she literally just strutted around and distracted him. Um, which he was like, I shouldn't have fallen for that. She was like, Nope, you shouldn't have. Uh, so that was that was pretty good. Uh, but then also I liked at the end when she loses to the Russian. Oh, I also like what the Russian the said Russian. about her. That's what I said. What the Russian said about her in the elevator. I thought that was cool. I was surprised they didn't have her Russian lessons pay off somehow. Well, they did. She understood what they said. Yeah, no, she was I, listening to them in the elevator. But but I wish that she had let them know that I know what, you know, if she had given some kind of retort to that, it would have been interesting because instead she fell into his trap. And I thought that, that for me, that kind of diminished her that she didn't kind of like... I understand. I think, you. but no, I think what it did is their conversation shook her confidence. I think that's what they were showing was that they nailed on the head exactly who she her is, and, and, and yeah, and who she is. They're like, she's a drunk. She this, and he goes, no, she's an orphan, so she's a survivor, so she has no option but to win, just like us. And he was breaking it down, and it, I think it really messed her up. I think it really got in her head, so she didn't have a retort. But you know. Now when they go to Paris, maybe she will. You gotta have something to... Go ahead. Speaking of messing her up, coming back to her mom dead in the bed. Oh, yeah, yeah the next that wasn't episode. Good. And dude, Mr. Whitley is a jerk. What a douche. Oh. Well, we knew that. <laughs> yeah, but he really. to Denver, so... Still. Yeah. How At does least he, he let her take the have house. Money. There's that. How does he not have money? Yeah, he let her take the house, but he's like, as long as you can make the mortgage payments, he's not offering to help. Not even offering to help bury her. That's the thing that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, well, he was like that. I did, you know, I, you know, I, I had the feeling that she wasn't going to last long. I mean, just the coughing that she did and the constant Looks. being in bed. And, yeah. Yeah, so I, I had the feeling that, you know, it's, at some point she was she was not going to be around with us forever. But uh, I did like that at the very least she had one little last hurrah with her pen pal. Yeah. Uh, you know, one one last moment, one little fling before she she died. That was that was nice for her. Um, but it you know it leaves of course uh, Beth in this this horrible position of of dealing with you know a second a second mom who's abandoned her. Um, I mean, it's the, the first one has to be traumatic enough, but it's like every time she depends on someone, they they go away uh, permanently. So that, as as messed up as she is, that has to be even worse. That has to really do a number on her head, and uh, that's going to affect what she does later. Um, but it, I, overall, I thought I thought it was a fantastic episode, and. I'm just, I, I'm loving the series so far. I started watching it last night and I barreled through four episodes before I realized, you know, it's three o'clock in the morning. I really <laughs> um, in fact, it's not even three o'clock in the morning, technically so by my inner clock, it's four o'clock in the morning. So uh, yeah, time to go now. So yeah, but it, it's, it's, it's a terrific series. All right. 
So, if you guys have any questions or comments, send them to tvcampfire gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Listen to us on GetThePointRadio.com, Krypton Radio, We Novelist, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye.